Today I want to talk on changing the script. And I think I, I shared with you a couple weeks ago, I, I used this as an illustration, but not the full impact or this part of it, that uh, have you ever been watching, you know, you, know, you go to the movies, if you go to Crossing Dos Lagos, uh, wherever you go, or East Vale, or over at the, I think it's a U.S. cinema, whatever that thing is, over at uh, Galleria. Um, have you ever watched a movie and you felt like about an hour in, I wish I could go back and get my $12 back? Right? Or if you matinee, you get your, what, seven bucks back or nine. Or if you're a senior at Dos Lagos, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, or senior anytime, five, six bucks back. Um, it's a great deal, but you don't want to get old fast. Okay, all right. But um, the other thing I'd like to say this is, yeah, there's been times I feel like, man, I'd like to get my money back on that one. But the other thing I think about when the movie's just that bad, I, I, here's what I think. I think, if this thing costs $50 million to make, why didn't they just give me the money and just forget about making the movie? Because it's a terrible movie. Have you, anybody ever thought that before? Am I the only one that thinks that way? Okay, I'm the only one. Because I'm thinking, I, you think that way? God bless you, bro. Amen. You're going to heaven. Um, so, but I think, I think to myself, you know, I could do so much good with this money. One, I could pay out the church. I could support more missionaries. I could plant churches. I could help so many people that need help. I could do so much with that money. And you put $50 million into a film that nobody wants to see. And I think, man, terrible script, terrible film. Let me tell you, $50 million on a script. But every one of us in this room, we live out scripts within our relationships. Do we not? Every one of us. Now... We've learned these scripts growing up in our family of origin, and some parts of our script are dynamically great. Some parts of our script, they're pretty good. Other parts of the script, the way we relate to uh, each other and to people and to our spouse, etc., well, it's not so good, and we think, I'd love, I'd, I think I need to change that part of the script. Any, anybody say amen to that one right there? Nobody says amen to that one right there. Okay, okay. Now... <clears throat> So today I want to I dive into this whole idea of a script, and I'm going to speak specifically in this last message in this series, Us, and I can't believe we're in the eighth and final week of this series. That's a quick eight weeks, wasn't it? Now, so we're going to talk about specifically marriages now. I've been waiting this whole time just for this message, for this spot right here. And uh, it will work if you're in a, in, a, in a relationship, romantic relationship, you're engaged, whatever, it'll work. And I will also say, if you're a single person and you want to get married one day, listen closely what I'm going to tell you, very closely. I will also say, if you've you know, gone through a divorce or separation, listen closely what I'm going to tell you. Because what I'm going to tell you is something that is not new. It's something that counselors counsel and, you know, and they write books about. Most of what I've learned about what I'm going to share today, I've learned out of books, out of bad trial and error in my own married life and situations. Um, it's part of the aftermath of the fall of man, of Adam and Eve. I think it's kind of funny what we're going to talk about today personally. It wasn't funny the first six years of my marriage, I'll tell you that much. But it's funny after you start to see it, start to work on it. I think I'm about 60% better in these areas. But it's also just a part of when it comes to men and women, just like, it's just who we are and how we're geared, that we are, we are different. Now, I know the culture out there is trying to push so hard that they were exactly the same. Uh-uh. Just stand a man and a woman naked in front of a mirror, and if you can't see differences, I don't know what to tell you, my friend. Any amens on that one now? Okay, God bless you. Okay, so... So, you know, so I, I really, I really want to delve into this thing right here. It, and we're just geared a certain way. It, it's Father's Day, 
and uh, I want to bless dads, and I never want to speak down to men, anything like that, but we're going to talk about today, because I'm always going to lift up men, and because I want the men to come back, I want dads to come back, I want you to feel like, well, Jim's on my side, and you women, and I'm on your side too, okay, so I'm not negating anybody. Here's what I'm going to talk about today, and, and as I go along, I'll explain more and more. Uh, the emotionally eager wife and the evasive, distant husband. Let me say it again. The emotionally eager wife and the evasive, distant husband. Now, what I mean by that is, and very quickly, and I'll get into it. The wife, most wives, and I'm talking 90% of the time for women, 90% of the time for men, 10% flips sometimes. But the wives really want communication. They want that emotional connection. Would anyone say amen to that one? Amen. Easy over here. And the men were more like, you know, we kind of can shut down our emotions and be very stoic and keep us locked inside. Would any women say amen to that one? Amen. Easy over there. And, and so it's Father's Day. I'm not, I'm not picking on men. I'm going to try to make you understand men that since it's Father's Day, look, ladies, I know you like The Notebook and every other movie like that. I get it, okay? My wife likes them too. But on Father's Day, I'd rather watch like a John Wick marathon. Any men say amen to that one? And then maybe insert gladiator between two and three of, you know, right? Am I right on that? And then, you know, and there's nothing wrong with me whatsoever. And you say, well, Jim, you sound like you're against women. I'm not against women. I love women, okay? I think women are beautiful. I'm glad God made women. I'm glad God made women with curves. I'm glad all about women, okay? I'm really glad. I married a woman and I love that woman. So I like women. And I like, you know, I like Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. I'm okay with women being the heroine, okay? But let me give you a sore spot in my life. You want to hear a sore spot in my life? I'll bet you do, don't you? <laughs> but I really have a problem. You just one. I got many problems, but culturally I have a few problems. Here's one of them. I'm fine with the woman being the heroine, but I do not like, in fact, I could almost say I despise when I watch in a film and they make a man the bumbling fool or idiot in the movie. Anybody with me on that one right there? It really upsets me. It just, oh man, I don't like that because they're just the, it's the weakening of men in America. And I believe it's systematically demonic, to be honest with you. And I believe there's, there's, there's this feminization of men going on and the way they're presenting it. And I think a man needs to be a man. Any men say amen to that one, right? How many women? Ah, I like that too, right there. Right, yeah, right. I like that. I'm okay with women being the heroine. We got Deborah, man in the Bible. She led the armies of Israel in the Old Testament. That woman's like Wonder Woman in real life. All right. So we're going to talk about the eager wife and the evasive, uh, distant husband. And I'm going to try to make it fun and interesting. And maybe you're going to go, oh, that's why this. Now let me say this before I forget: that if you've been married a long, long time, like maybe 10, 10 months. No, if you've been married long, if you've been married like decades. You have probably, not, not everybody maybe, but you probably worked through or are working through a lot of what I'm going to talk about today, and maybe you never even realized it, but when I talk today, you're going to say, yeah, you know, we've had to work on those things and to make a successful marriage. And so I, I, I congratulate you that you, your marriage has lasted and you've worked on things. I can just tell you from my experience, when I got married, I knew none of this stuff, all right? And I personally just did everything wrong. And uh, so here we go. Uh, we're going to read the, our verse uh, that we do every week. Um, and this is the last time we'll do these verses. We're going to start a new series. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, And it says, would you read these with me? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I like that a lot. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble heart. You will find rest for your soul. And that's been the key. We want to find inner rest in our soul as we deal with these issues. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so today I want to lighten up the load and ease up the load when it comes to marriage because marriage, it's work, but it shouldn't be an overwhelming work, right? I think it should be a lot more fun than it is a heavy load of work. Anybody ever get tired of the next dead serious conversation we need to have in marriage? Any men get tired of that? There's three gutsy men out there, okay. The rest of you... So, so what we've been doing, we're addressing the mess, and every week I tell you, if I fix me, I fix us. That's right, so it's a personal responsibility series. Fix myself, I fix us. Now, I read this story years ago. Let me, this kind of gives you a little bit of a template of what I'm talking about today. I read this story years ago. I have shared it in probably 20-some years, but I always thought it was funny. But it shows you the differences. There's this couple, they're married, and they have their first child. And so they got the crib set up. And the baby's in there, and, you know, it's just babies in diapers. And, and one night, the husband just standing there looking at that baby in that crib. And the wife's doing stuff, I don't know, and she walks by in the hallway, and she sees her husband staring over that crib looking at their, new, their newborn child. And she sees her husband staring, and she's like, oh, he just wants, oh, he's looking at me. And she walks in there, because she's so touched that her husband's standing there looking over the crib. And she puts her arm around him, and there's a tear coming out of her eye. And she looks at him, and she says, Penny, for your thoughts. Meaning, what are you feeling? What are you thinking right now? And he looks at her, and he says, I was just wondering, how in the world they make such a sturdy crib for $119? (laughs) (laughs) And that's really the difference between men and women, is it not? I mean, women are all emotional, and men are, we're just really practical, like Mr. Spock, you know. But it's just the way we are. It's just the way we're geared. So there are differences. So I'm going to make some statements right now, two truths. Don't get mad at me on these, all right? You can write a letter to somebody else on these things. But the first truth I want to tell you in this is men do not go deeper because most of us are just not interested. Any men like me say Amen. If somebody said, preach it, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's good. You, you know, you're saying preach it to a preacher is like saying sick him to a bulldog, but that's another story. <laughs> Let me tell you the pro. you know, we just not, it doesn't mean we're bad or wrong. It just means we're guys, okay? 90% of us, you know, you know, ask us, you know, go deeper, go, go where deeper, you know? But we are, are, men, are we not more solution-oriented? Are we not? Where, where women, you want to more talk about things, you enjoy the process of dialoguing, and I always, you know, I share this story whenever I'm counseling a married couple, and they're having struggles, I go, let me, this is the best illustration I have to illustrate men and women, the difference when it comes to this uh, stuff. If you, ladies, if you and a friend of yours, another girl, lady friend of yours, were driving up the uh, five freeway up center California, just you two going to Sacramento, I guarantee you, all the way there, you'd be like, you just be talking, 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 talking. And look, there's cows over there, and what kind of trees are those? And your conversation's all over the place, and somehow you make it connect again somewhere, right? But if me, you guys, 90% of us, if one of us was driving with a friend of ours, another guy friend up to center California, we could put on, you know, Best of Credence Clearwater Revival or something like that, drive up all the way, and we could go two and a half hours, three hours without even saying the word to each other. And we would never even think, is he mad at me? 
Am I right? We, we would never, I, I, would, I would never even think that, you know? I, Bill, I'll use you, I'd go, is Bill mad at me? You know, I would never even think that. No, you know, <laughs> see, because here's what typically happens, and I, you know, wife, you, 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 you're pouring out your heart to your husband and talking, he's Mr. Spock, and you're pouring, you know, live long and prosper, but anyway, you're, you're, you're pouring out your heart to this guy, and, you know, and he listens, and all of a sudden, he's, and then he gives you the solution and the answer to your problem, doesn't he? And then he goes, now, what's on ESPN, and what time's dinner? Am I right? Easy lady, okay? Doesn't make your husband bad or wrong, it just makes him a guy. We're more solution-oriented, ladies. You, you, you like to dialogue and talk and this and that. But guys, we're just, ladies, it doesn't make us bad. We're just not interested in emotional connections. It's just the way we are, okay? Now, are we settled on that one? Nobody's going to write me a letter yet. Okay, here we go, number two. Okay, truth number two, because these go against culture. But women experience emotions and feelings more intensely than men. Notice I didn't say that men do not experience emotions and feelings. It's just that women, you experience more intensely. Look, guys, we say, you know, yes, guy, what are you feeling? Feeling? What are you talking about? I feel. Well, guys would say, I don't, have, I don't have any emotion or feeling. Listen, you ever get angry? Yeah. You ever get irritable? Yeah. You ever get impatient? Yeah. Those are emotions and feelings, all right? Everybody has emotions and feelings. It's just that women experience them more intensely. Look, when a guy experiences these things, he wants to stuff them down. Right, guys? When a woman experiences it, she wants to throw them up. Am I right, ladies? Am I, am I right? I'm not, I'm not insulting it. Am I right? So, yeah. So, and then, so you want to get rid of it. You, you want to die. You want to talk it out. And here's where the problems, these emotional, relational issues come into play in any marriage or any relationship that's growing in men and women like that. Now, it goes down to the script. Now, listen. This is 90% of women, 90% of men. There's 10%, does, this will not fit, it flips. So what happens when this is going on, and this is what I've counseled for 30 some years, I saw it in my own life, for six years in my marriage, it was trouble the first six years because I didn't understand this, nobody showed me a way, nobody explained to me, I didn't even know anything about it. And I'd come home every so often, Olivia would be sitting on the bed with the tissue box there, tears coming down the eyes, and I knew once again, because we had the conversation many times before, I'm an idiot because I didn't know how to connect with my wife at all. So what happens is this. The eager wife, she wants to connect emotionally. And the evasive husband, he wants to shut down emotionally. And then so, because she believes that her marriage, this relationship, it, it's not gonna get better because for her, and, and the, never forget this statement, for the man, if we're not talking about the relationship, everything's great. For the woman, if we're not talking about the relationship, everything's bad. Is that right? Very few of you said, yeah, I'm not sure I know what I'm okay. So she wants to connect with you. My wife wants to connect with me. And if I get more evasive, which I was really shut down, I wasn't going to share, I wasn't going to show what's going on in my head, you know, and sometimes our wives wonder, is there anything in there if they could look inside and be cuckoo, 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 you know, or something like that. And so she gets more intense and she digs more and she digs more and she digs more because she wants to dialogue. She wants to tell what's going on inside this husband, this, this guy of mine. And so she pushes. You know, here's what a wife is like and not all of them, but, and I'm not trying to paint a bad picture. Your wife is like, she's in a rowboat rowing and you're on an island and she's rowing around the island. She's looking for a place to land. Is there an opening? 
where we can dialogue and talk, and everywhere she tries to land, boom, you close the harbor. And that's really how it works. Eager wife, evasive husband. Eager. And the more she pushes, and the more we sit down, and the more she pushes the dialogue talk, the more she sits down, and pretty soon, gets more intense, doesn't it? Pretty soon, it gets ugly sometimes, doesn't it? And pretty soon now, there's these one-line jabs coming, bang, bang, at each other. Doesn't it happen that way? She might even start crying. And then she might even go to her girlfriend and say, my husband, boom, 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 boom. And by the way, don't use your life group to do stuff like that. Use a counselor to talk these things in. And so the $50 million script isn't concrete. And it's failing. And you sit there and you wonder to yourself, how did it get to this point? Let me, can I tell you one more thing about men? Okay, no, you don't want to know. I'll go ahead and move on. Okay, you, okay, you want to know, right? Okay. Ladies, this is not, doesn't make us bad. Everything doesn't make us bad. Just make us who we are. When your guy was dating you and on, he was like on the hunt. He's got his spear in his hand. He's on the hunt, right, guys? And, and you know, man, when you're on the hunt, you'll use whatever bait you can to lure, to lure them in. You'll dialogue and talk and talk about the future and this and that. You share your emotions, feel, and then you get the ring on the finger and. Because you now won. She's caught in a trap. <laughs> and, and now you won. So now you move on to your next thing, work, you know, a career to, 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 uh, to conquer whatever. And that's the way guys really feel in me. Not all of them. I'm not saying all of them. Don't write me a card. But that's what. So, so then we get in this problem now. She wants a dialogue, shut down. She wants a dialogue, you shut down. And she pushes harder, you back off. And you might even give her the cold shoulder. You might even develop a hobby outside of the house to not have to come home on time so you don't have to face you know, dialogue. And now it's a problem. So what do we do? What in the world do we do? Well, we've got to change the script. And did you know the scriptures and some great books out there on this topic? And, and, and let me read, we're going to read, and I know you can't read in the dark, it'll be up on the screen. Let me read what God says about this, because he's got some great answers to this situation. So Ephesians chapter 5, it's kind of the marriage, one of the marriage, husbands and wives chapters. I'm going to pick up in verse 25, and I'm read to verse 33. Now watch this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. That's a huge statement and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word another big statement that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless now he's comparing the church Jesus' relationship to the church with the husband's relationship to the wife verse 20 so husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Let me just make one sidebar comment on that verse. When you get married, if you're newlywed or if you never say, ladies, never say, well, my mom and dad think that we should. You tell that to your husband, that's the worst thing you tell your husband. Because you have your own life now, right? Amen. <laughs> but I'm going to flip the script, bro. <laughs> and guys, 
You know, when you're married, don't come home and say, you know, my mom was telling me the other, she thinks we should. And your wife's going, what? What'd you say? And she might even say something about your mom, and you're going to say, don't talk about my mama. Oh, I hit the right side of the script again, I guess. So be careful with stuff like this. That's a potent verse right there. Now, it doesn't mean your parents can't give you advice, but don't come in now and say, you know what my mommy and daddy think? Don't say that. Verse 32. You know how I turn into a southern preacher when I do stuff like that? Isn't that weird? Verse 32. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Now watch this. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And then it has this for the wife. This is the only thing it says for the wife. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. That's all it says. Now, in these verses here, you see there, there are two overarching truths that we need to live by if we're going to fix the script of the eager wife and the evasive husband. And the first thing is this. It says, husbands, love your wives. That's the first thing it says. Number one, you know, if you can see it, husbands, love your wives. Now, some man, husband in this room, is thinking this, oh, you mean sex. And you're looking at me like, peace, brother. Thank you, preacher. No, that's not what it's talking about. I mean, it might be an offshoot of it, but it's talking about relationship. You know, this is the hard part for me as a guy, opening up and letting Olivia know what's going on in my heart. That's not an easy thing. It, it, took, it took forever to start doing those things. Let me tell you something. When I got married... Never in a million years did I, would I have ever thought that I had to actually communicate with my wife on somewhat of a deeper level. I never thought that. I, I didn't know that, you know, that was a smart thing to do. I never, ever even understood. No one ever taught me that if I didn't do some of that, and by the way, let me, let me just not unlevel the playing field. Look, ladies, 90% of the husbands in here, I'm in the 90%, we will never, ever, ever, never, ever be as good as you are at communication. It's not going to happen. Don't expect us to. How many men love me now, right? But let me tell you something, men. If you don't communicate with your wife, and I learned these things the hard way, that your wife's going to interpret that. And the interpretation is, you don't love me. You don't talk to me. And then when you don't talk to your wife, um, then what happens is, and I'll just call it this, it's the, uh, it's the where do I stand syndrome. Your wife's going to wonder in the relationship, where do I stand with you? Do, do you love me? You don't talk to me. Where do I stand? And for a woman... To wonder where she stands with her man, oh, that's bad. It really hurts. It really hurts. Ladies, never, let me say again, your husband will never, ever, ever, ever be as good as you, not even close to as good as you in communication. Not going to happen. But guys, we can get a little better. Because you never want your wife to wonder, where do I stand? Because if there's years of that, and I'm not stating this as this is something to do, but I know because I wasn't always a Christian, and I know the way men think. That if your wife wonders where 
she stands with you after so many years there are men out there in this culture and they are freaks and fools and idiots because they're, they've learned and their priority is they'll read your emotions and that's what they, they're predators and they'll read your emotions ladies and they'll pick up on if you're frustrated at home they'll pick up on if you are just sad in your relationship they'll pick up on it and they'll use that against you they'll, they'll play it up good they don't care about you they just want to use you but husbands listen if you and I communicate and be part of this relationship your wife will never be susceptible to some freak fake immoral Casanova okay you never, never be susceptible to that because why should she when she's got a real Casanova at home even though you've got Dunlop's disease your belly's out like that now. she'll think that's sexy alright because they think communication is sexy you think going to the gym makes you sexy no they don't not many, most women are like no I'd rather communicate some of you ladies say no I like a better body behind <laughs> okay the second thing though because it's Father's Day and I want to really focus in because I want to help the men the husbands and listen closely single women because one day you're going to be in this situation wives the second thing Paul said wives respect your husbands one line is all it was all this stuff about men love your wife wives respect your husbands let me tell you what it means you got to rethink the way you talk to your husband Because if you start jabbing and jabbing and criticizing and condemning and you get frustrated and you start banging, boom, boom, he, he, he's going to retreat. He, he's just going to retreat. He's going to shut down. And if he does open up to you, ladies, listen closely. And if he opens up his heart, gives a little bit, don't go run into your girlfriend and say, here's what my husband shared. Don't do that. Because if he finds out you shared what he shared with you, Oh, the turtle's going to go back in the shell. He's not going to come out. And never when he shares anything with you, never, no matter how frustrated or angry you get at times, never bring it back and use it against your husband. Don't do that. Because he respects big for a husband. Respects big for a man. And man, you start disrespecting a man. Oh my gosh. That's why it says, husbands love your wives, but wives respect your husbands. Look, as a guy, I don't care if Olivia loves me, just respect me. Any man say amen to that? You don't have to love me. Just respect me enough to make dinner tonight. So ladies, sure, listen. And after the service, I'm not going to be available to anybody. Okay? You guys should have come to church today over there watching at home, huh? But ladies, don't talk down to him. Don't ridicule him. When he shares, that's for you too right there. Let me tell you a little secret about your guy. When you start going at him, going at him, and when he shuts down this big, bad, bold guy who's a lion outside the house, who's a lion at work, and now he turns into a lamb at home, the reason he shuts down when you're... is because he's, he, he doesn't want to go off on you. See, he shuts down because, and I've said this before, 
He's saving your life. <laughs> Am I right? Guys, you put the dollar in the Coke machine and the Coke doesn't drop. What do you want to do to the machine? I'm going to kick that thing, man. I'm going to kick it till it gives me that Coke. I'm going to hit that thing. Now, I'm not suggesting physical abuse. That's a sin and one of the ugliest sins ever. But understand, your man walks away because he doesn't want to blow up. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to do that. They just, so we shut down. Look, all I'm saying is, you know, you married this guy and lady singly, you're going to marry a guy. There are no perfect men or husbands on the planet. Lady, you don't have, well, Olivia has one, but there are none. <laughs> I've waited three weeks to say that. It's in my notes right there. I wrote that three weeks ago. Yeah, I wrote this three weeks ago. So. But, but let, me get, let, me, let me close it off this way. Um, there's this, uh, uh, preaching really is fun. Um, there's an Old Testament uh, Hebrew scripture story, and it's a great, it's David. David is now the king. And one day he decides he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem because it's not been there. And Jerusalem's now the capital. It was taken captive. And now, and now it's been in somebody's home. Their home's being blessed. David wants to bring it home to Jerusalem now. Put it in the tabernacle. And so he's bringing it in, and he's dancing before the ark of God. He's having a great old time. The joy of the Lord's all over the guy. When he gets into town, there's a woman by the name of Michael. And she's looking out her window, and she sees David dancing and having a great time before the Lord praising God. And she starts to ridicule him. She starts to disrespect him. She starts to yell at him and put him down and put him down. Now, the question is, who is Michael? Michael was his first wife. She was the one that was given to David when David killed Goliath. Her father is King Saul, who tried to kill David multiple times. Why is she so angry? Because she got word that they were, her dad was sending troops to kill David and she's married to him. So she said, David escaped, and she put these little false idol things under the sheets to make it look like a guy's there, and they come in, and she stalls for time for David, and David escapes. And they, they don't kill David. Now, ladies, here's the question. If you did that for your husband, and he escaped, what would be your one expectation on your husband for him to do. Come back for you. Come back for me. David never came back. Her father, King Saul, takes her and gives her to be another man's wife. Now, ladies, how tragic would that be, huh? So now she's a very angry woman and so when she sees David as now the king whom she rescued and he never came back, she's coming into the, he's coming into the city and she's disrespecting him and disrespecting him and disrespecting him and disrespecting him. Who's right or wrong in the story? I think they're both wrong. Because David did not show love to his wife by coming back for her. And now she is disrespecting her ex-husband, verbally abusing the man, disrespecting him. 
Husbands, love your wives. And wives, respect your husbands. They're both wrong. We got to take responsibility for ourselves. If I fix me, I fix us. Series is officially over. Stand up with me, please.